This is the Voice Podcast Network. Welcome back to our very first episode of Season 2 of the Turf and Burn Podcast with your co-hosts, Caroline and Dylan. We are back and better than ever, starting off September strong. We missed talking to y'all. We missed catching up every week. There's been so much sports action that's been happening while we've been away. So many champions crowned. So many sports scandals. <laughs> so many devastating injuries. Wow, I'm really bringing... So positive on yeah, this Friday morning. I know, I know. Um, and once again, my voice is slightly gone. <laughs> it's doing okay, but I think this is just what we have to expect at this point. <laughs> well, we had, as you mentioned, two championships that we were in the middle of when we left in May, and now they've obviously been crowned and are almost old news at this point, but we also had a bunch of MLB games, and training camp for football is in mid-swing right now. I know you've got a lot of F1 races you want to discuss that happened over the last couple months, but a lot of sports. September is a fun period in that each of the four major sports have something occurring. It's about to be NBA and NFL teams are starting, or sorry, NBA and NHL teams are starting to get ready for their seasons taking place end of September, early October. We have the NFL. Technically, by the time we're recording next week, they'll have started their season Thursday night. The Kansas City Chiefs are kicking things off. And Major League Baseball, as much as I'd like to hope that it wasn't occurring right now because <laughs> the New York Mets, who I was told you guys wasn't going to make the playoffs back in May, and no one believed me, well, we're now in dead last place. But that's also in mid-swing right now. We had a trade deadline there. We had Shohei Otani news. So really a lot to cover with you guys over the next 45 minutes or so. Yeah. All I just want to say is both of us were so correct in our predictions, but in opposite sports. So Dylan correctly predicted the Stanley Cup champions of the Vegas Golden Knights after he could not decide on a winner for multiple episodes but then he stuck to the golden knights um and they prevailed and i also accurately predicted that the denver nuggets were going to win the nba championships so what we're learning here is you guys just have to keep tuning in for our hot takes and our (laughs) very bold predictions but also very accurate predictions which is surprising considering some of dylan's predictions have gone quite poorly (laughs) <laughs> that is true. It's sort of like a hit or miss in that if we say something, you should either bet the family farm on it or pretend that we never said it because there's exactly. going to be no happy medium. It's either going to be completely true or completely false, and you'll yeah. probably be able to tell within 24 to 48 yeah. hours. I would but. like to remind everyone of Dylan's Uh-oh. New York prediction <laughs> um, and also his Brooklyn Nets prediction. Uh-huh. In the championships, you proceeded to then get swept I, by the Sixers. Yeah. Losing to Philly is never good. Losing to Philly after saying you're going to crush Philly in front of an audience is never good either. But I think I am mathematically eliminated from my uh, three New York championships in the next 12 months. Um, Mm -hmm. But I'm ready to double down because, you know, except I'm only going to say one team, and that's the New York Jets because the baseball teams are hopeless and the basketball teams are hopeless and the Islanders are hopeless and I'll never (laughs) root for the Rangers to win. So... Is One it, New York championship this season of Turk and Bird. Have the Yankees and the Mets been mathematically eliminated from the playoffs yet? Not mathematically, because I believe there's around 25 I to 30 games I think it's just the athletics, left. right? Yeah. Yeah. And since, like, the weird thing about baseball is there's so many games that... T- 
teams can be out of it for months and months of a season, and they're technically not mathematically eliminated, but, like, the Mets and Yankees have both been lifeless, losing every single series since June. <laughs> and technically, if they went on, like, a 20-0 and run, Oakland A's style from 2002 Moneyball, they could make the playoffs, but there's no reason to think that either of those teams has a shot at doing that. This is the thing, though, that I want to sep- like differentiate ourselves. I guess we're diving right in into our MLB recap now. Uh-oh. Is that the Mets sold at the trade deadline, yeah. which was a smart move because they were getting rid of all their expiring contracts. The owner was willing to eat money, and especially in an era... I know the MLB doesn't do the salary cap like the NHL does, but they do the luxury tax. But in an era after COVID where owners are way more unwilling to spend money, money is worth prospects. Like eating a percentage of contracts, and we saw that with Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander, where I think the return – I mean, I think the Mets could have done better. I don't think they got – the absolute best value that they could have but these were for two aging players and i also think the opposing teams gave up way too much for these players um for verlander and scherzer in giving up pretty top prospects but it's because the mets were willing to eat contracts compared to the yankees who kind of just sat put and just waited around resting on their laurels but i wonder if they're just if they really believe in their group and if they're like, we're going to run it back next year. Because, for example, I do think there is a lot to be said of leaving in your core group of guys and having an off year. There's always circumstances that you can't control with Aaron Judge being injured for a lot of the season. For example, we saw that with the Golden Knights, how they last year, the um, 2022 Mm -hmm. Stanley Cup, they didn't even make the playoffs. And the next year, following year, 2023 playoffs, they were crowned the champions, as Dylan predicted. Yes, they were. But I'm not going to predict the Yankees to win the championship, but I do think it does say something about these two New York teams, that they are two of the three highest payrolls in the league, as well as the San Diego Padres, who likewise are sitting 20 <laughs> games out of first place in their division. But in all fairness, they do have the Dodgers dominating there. But it does show the money in baseball is weird because some of the cheapest teams such as the Rays and the Orioles are sitting pretty in first place and are likely to make the playoffs. And then you have the Mets and the Yankees and the Padres sitting in last or close to last despite paying in the Mets instance half a billion dollars for this team this year. And to put it in perspective, Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander were making $88 million in total this season. That is more than the active rosters of the Mariners, Brewers, Tigers, Diamondbacks, Marlins, Reds, Nationals, Guardians, Royals, Rays, Orioles, Pirates, and Athletics. That's shocking. That's that's insane. And they're and that's not just like the oh those are the bad teams they have awful payrolls. Brewers, Marlins, Reds, Guardians, Rays, Orioles are all likely to make the playoffs this year, and their payrolls are less than two players on the New York Mets. So, can you say that maybe the Mets didn't spend their money wisely? Absolutely. But when you have an owner that doesn't care about money, and it seems like that is the case because he's willing to throw it at whoever he sees in sight, and he even paid, I think the Rangers received $30 million just to take Max Scherzer's contract. And then, as you mentioned, they got one of the Rangers' top prospects in return. Same with the Justin Verlander situation where 
the Mets actually got the Astros' number one prospect in exchange for Verlander, and they did as well kick in around $30, $35 million for Verlander's contract. So it's an interesting strategy to buy prospects. The Mets are, unlike where you said the Yankees, are probably going to run it back because that's their MO, and they've done that every single year since 1994, having the same GM and having the same manager for almost the last decade. But the Mets are going to change things up this offseason. They are going to fire their manager. They are going to fire their general manager. They are rumors that they're going to fire Pete Alonso. There are rumors that everyone's on the trading block from McNeil to anyone else you could imagine other than Francisco Lindor and Edwin Diaz and Brandon Nimmo. So expect the Mets to be different. Expect the Mets. Here we go. We want another bold prediction starting us off hot. We're going to acquire the entire Milwaukee Brewers management system. We're going to take their... GM David Stearns, and as a result, he's going to take the Brewers manager, uh, Craig Council, with him. And that team has been successful on a payroll that is lower than Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer's contract. So give those two smart individuals four times the payroll and see what happens. So, Turf and Vern prediction number one the <laughs> Milwaukee Mets are going to take over next year. Wow. <laughs> I do think, like you were talking about, I. I'm really curious to know the contract efficiencies for MLB teams. I think it's way more crucial mm-hmm. in a hard cap with like the NHL where you absolutely need contract efficiency. Yeah. But I'm like, why do you want to just be throwing money away? <laughs> like that's just not economically efficient. Yeah. And that's I'm like, okay, you have this money to spend, but you're just throwing it away. To the beginning, I was never a fan of the Scherzer or Verlander contracts. I was like, they are too long. They are aging players with injury histories. And this is not going to end well. And considering how many facilities, analytics, all this that all these big market teams have in comparison to, you were mentioning the Orioles, the Rays, the Twins... All these teams, why are they just willing? I don't even think there was a market for Verlander at that price. Mm. Like, I just think the Mets kind of threw money at him, and they just really wanted him, which is totally fine. But there's something about wanting your guy, but then also getting correct market value for him. There's a reason why the Astros did not pay for him Mm -hmm. when they walked away from him, because that is not a contract that they wanted to be paying. So I'm like... These big market teams need to be looking at the correct market value for these players and then accurately assessing, which I understand is hard because, like, Verlander was a former Cy Young winner. (laughs) Um, But it's like, how can you be paying these people and then not accurate, like, just not develop your prospects? Like, you also need to give your prospects an opportunity to step up and, you know, show if they can play in the big leagues. And the Astros proved that Justin Verlander's a really good player, and they wanted him because they legit acquired him back six months later. But the financials, according to SpotTrack.com, is that the Astros are going to pay Verlander only $20 million next year, and they're going to pay $17 million of his contract the year after that. So it seems like they're willing to admit he's a great player, but not a $44 million a year player. And the Mets obviously decided that they were going to buck the market in an attempt to get him, and... Did it work? Remains to be seen, because if all of a sudden Drew Gilbert and Ryan Clifford, who are currently top 100 prospects in baseball, if they got back in return, if they end up manning center field and left field for the Mets in a couple of years, you can say, okay, 
Verlander contract kind of worked out because we bought a farm system. But for a team that has lacked stud ability in developing good players, because we all know how Brett Beatty's season has gone, <laughs> and we all know how every other prospect that Mets have brought up has gone, with the only exception being Francisco Alvarez over the last decade and Pete Alonso, the Mets can't develop prospects. And that's become apparent because yesterday the Mets announced that they are firing their director of scouting, their director of player development, their director of player evaluation. Literally everyone with the title director was let go of yesterday. The rumor is around 50 to 75% of the front office and organization was let go of during the off day yesterday, technically a couple days ago by the time you're listening to this. But yeah, turmoil in Queens as legit everybody is getting fired for this miserable season. But now you're kind of making me miserable for talking about this team that haven't had to talk about for a couple of weeks now. Well... I mean, not to focus on the Mets if you don't want to get into the Mm -hmm. negatives, but I will like to say Dylan made fun of the St. Louis Cardinals for being dead last at the start of the MLB season. Yeah. Guess who who currently has basically an on-par winning percentage with the New York Mets? I know. They're a little bit below us, but yeah, they're right there. So the Mets are currently at Mm .455, 4.55. Cardinals at four to three three. Yeah. The Mets have two more wins mm-hmm. and three less losses. Yeah. <laughs> that's a that's a bad weekend away from getting up to them. Yeah, yeah. But, but I would just like to say I also saw a post. This uh-oh. is really funny. <laughs> it was from a Royals fan. Okay. Who said if you would have told me by the almost end, by September mm-hmm. of the 2023 MLB season that we were on par with the Mets and the Yankees, I would be so thrilled. <laughs> but look where we are now. <laughs> that is true. But there is a weird rule in baseball, and because I know you mentioned the luxury tax earlier. If you finish in the bottom six records in baseball, you don't face all the luxury tax penalties. And that... For example, Let's take. One, of, one of the rules is that if you finish within the bottom six records, you won't, or if you get a top six pick, yeah, so that's one through six, you don't have that pick move back. Because usually the rule is if you go way over the luxury tax, which the Mets have done, say you get the seventh pick in the draft, it actually becomes the 17th pick as a result of you guys spending so much money. The only exception is if you finish top six, because then they feel a little mean and that basically all of your... Sp- all of your spending was basically for nothing. So right now I believe we're in seventh. You're tied for six. We're tied. Oh, we're tied for six? With the Pirates. That makes this really – so tank a couple games, finish in that bottom six. I don't think Mets fans really care how the season goes the rest of the way anyways. So tank, (laughs) and we'll see what happens. Other than Demetrius Jerome Stewart has become the hottest hitter in baseball out of nowhere the last couple days hitting – eight home runs in the last two weeks, which is a Mets record right now. But um, enough Mets talk, and, yeah, get us away from the misery. <laughs> well, I do want to say, mm-hmm. Astros, they're looking pretty good. They are. They're almost first in their division. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Mariners have gone on hot. But what's really sad, honestly, I know you said get us away from the misery. Uh-oh. <laughs> Yeah. The AL West 
mm-hmm. especially the Angels and the Athletics, yes. is so much misery. Like, first of all, Otani was carrying the Angels on his back. At one point in the beginning of the MLB season, they were ahead of the Astros. I think it was Rangers, Ange- Angels, Astros. Yeah. Now the standings are Mariners, Astros, Rangers, Angels, and the Angels are at a 478% winning percentage. Yeah. And now Otani is injured. Can you give us more on the update status for him? What you think his recovery timeline will be? Will he only become a hitter? What surgery is he going to have to get? Like, there's so many uncertain questions. And I think the Angels have to be very, very careful with how they treat this injury because this is a superstar. Mm-hmm. And he, this is a superstar that is the face of not just the Angels franchise, but the MLB. And he's currently still hitting, and he hasn't completely opted for the Tommy John surgery yet. Mm -hmm. So give us your take and your thoughts, Dylan. Well, I think the key here of why the Angels are allowing him to keep hitting is they know he's gone, and that his contract's up after the season. At the trade deadline, they tried to show him that, hey, we're going to go for it this year. We care about you. We want to show you that we can win in Anaheim. And they signed, or they traded for a package of Lucas Giolito and Reynaldo Lopez from the White Sox. They traded for Eduardo Escobar from the Mets. They traded for Mike Moustakis from the Rockies. They traded for Randall Gritchick and Hunter Renfro from the, um, from the Rockies. So they re- And CJ Crone from the Rockies. So they basically tried to show Shohei, look, we know you want to win because that's been one of his biggest complaints is that wherever he goes next year he wants to win and within a month they've gone from I think it was five games over 500 to five games under 500 and yesterday the Angels traded away Giolito and Lopez and literally everyone else that they brought in at the trade deadline basically admitting yep we screwed up it's over we're done Mike Trout's back on the injured list and canceled the season and Shohei can't like that at a given point because if he wants to win, the Angels clearly aren't winning. His situation is now interesting because, as you mentioned, he has the partially torn elbow ligament that usually does lead to Tommy John surgery. And this would be his second Tommy John surgery. Uh Which some people have recovered from. Um, Jacob deGrom is currently trying to recover from that same injury. But it's a lot more of a difficult process because once you have your second, you're much more likely to get your third, much more likely to get your fourth. And at that point, once you've had at least three constructive elbow surgeries, you're you're basically done. And that's a problem for a guy that's going to demand upwards of half a billion dollars this offseason because he still thinks, and it remains to be seen whether a crazy team like the Dodgers does it, gives him 10 years 500, 10 years 600, 10 years 700, 12 years 800, something something we've never seen in professional sports history with NFL, NBA, NHL, F1, soccer, MLS. <laughs> any, nobody has seen a player get a billion dollars. Shohei is likely going to be the closest to ever do that, and we probably won't see anyone else similar to that because it's probably not going to go well. As much as I hate to say this because you mentioned he's the star of baseball. He's probably the star of North American professional sports right now. Whoa. I, Messi? I'm, uh, that's a tough one. I forgot that he's now a, Yeah, I would American say he sport. doesn't have like a billion dollar contract, but the stakes that he has, he literally owns part of the team. Okay. He like has rights in all the streaming services. Uh-huh. All right, I'll buy that one. But 
to think that people you're... literally like they uh, oh my goodness like Miami or inner Miami just mm-hmm. sold out <laughs> stadium just for people to watch Messi play like li- sorry I'm going on a tangent we'll get to Messi later uh-huh. but and people so, literally like left the stadium when they got when he got subbed out I hear there was I think it was he came to New York a couple weeks ago and didn't play until like minute 80 and people were just still like waiting the whole time for him to show up and then all of a sudden he shows up and he's technically an opposing player but i think everyone was just like oh my god he's actually here and yeah. playing and that's sorry sort of, continuing on the it was Otani. the same it was actually it was the same weekend that otani came to new york to play against the mets that messi came to new york to play against um the new york soccer team and it was basically that you could see new york sports fans and we're we're awful fans, but at some given point, New York sports fans can actually show up and be good people, and that's what we did to honor the greatness of Otani and Messi on that weekend. But Otani's leaving the Angels. Otani's contract will be a disaster because what happens if he doesn't want to get Tommy John until after he gets the contract? And that's an interesting strategy that his management is trying to make him do, and that's why he's technically hitting the rest of this season because he's trying to prove that he's healthy, in quotes. And then all of a sudden you sign him, and then you find out towards opening day next year that I'm actually going to get Tommy John surgery, and that means I'm missing the first two years of my 10-year, $600 million contract. So if I were the Astros, if I were the Mets, I would not sign him. If I were any team, I'd try to negotiate that contract down or get the world's greatest insurance on it because I hate to be a downer. I know we said we're moving away from the misery, but Shohei Otani will go down as one of the worst contracts in Major League Baseball when this is all said and done. I don't think so. I think there's going to be – I okay, I'm going to take the optimist approach okay. here because that was convince so me. pessimistic. Con- convince me because I love Otani the player, but I hate giving him $500 I think million. Dollars. Elite players can find a way to recover. Mm. Let's look at Connor McDavid. He okay. – his knee injury was so scary. Let me pull up the exact details. Oh, you're you're gonna make me pass out. <laughs> he suffered a completely torn PCL, mm-hmm. um, and you know what happened was he came back. Dumb. So basically, he slammed into like the Calgary Flames net over forty kilometers an hour, and his left knee took the brutal like impact and kind of slid underneath him. Um, and he was helped off the ice. And later it was shown that he had suffered a completely torn PCL, tears to both his medial and lateral menisci. Um, other tears as well. But there were, but the Oilers kept it very under wraps. Like The media did not have a lot of access to this. And at this point, McDavid was only 22. He, he wasn't even reaching his prime. He opted not to get surgery, I believe, but to completely rehab- rehabilitate without surgery his knee injury. I'm not saying that Otani <laughs> can do this, but elite athletes find a way. Let's talk about Jack Eichel, for example. Sorry, we're also going back to the NHL. <laughs> the reason why, I mean, there was already like a lot of miscommunication and it was just time for him and the Buffalo Sabres to go their separate ways. But the biggest issue was that Eichel wanted this new neck surgery that had been proven in other sports, but not the NHL. 
And look how it's working out for him now. He won the Stanley Cup. He's left Buffalo. I mean, it's worked out for Buffalo as well. Mm-hmm. But And he's no longer in pain. Like, he was talking about how he couldn't even sit up straight for more than two months because the Sabres wanted him to get a different kind of surgery that was more proven but had a greater like injury history and the mobility was going to be way worse. With Otani, I want to know how Angels Angels management needs to let him explore all of his options because that's how they're, they're it's in their best interest for Otani to do whatever he wants to, whether or not it's getting this Tommy John surgery. I don't really know how he could rehab this without getting surgery. Like obviously it's not the same as Connor McDavid. I don't I'm sure they're looking into other options. I'm sure that's also why he's just continue to say I'm gonna keep hitting because he's on a what record setting pace but I think with the amount of um, resources that Otani has he needs to find a way to get back to this level because what a shame would that be you know what I mean like everyone knows that he is the best I don't well yeah what do you say he is the best player in MLB history oh like that's tough accounting for you know players being on steroids and mm-hmm. all of that. Well, it's, it's, I'll say what he's doing right now has never it's been seen before. Because like, right, exactly. Everyone says he's the modern-day Babe Ruth, but what everyone, not forgets, but doesn't acknowledge is that Babe Ruth had an established pitching career for 10 years and then stopped doing that and then had an established hitting career. He never did, except for maybe like a season or two of overlapping. Babe Ruth never did both at, at the, the same, same time. time. What Otani's doing right now is doing them both at a very competitive level at both same time. Yeah. So that's what makes him different. And as you can tell, Babe Ruth pitched from 1914 to 1921, and then he was hitting basically from 1919 pretty much through 1935. So there is that, like, three-ish year gap that he did both. But, yeah, Otani is currently, at the time of his injury, had a top 10 ERA pitching metric in baseball and then was a top three hitter home runs wise from a hitting standpoint so um he is dominating at both at the same time and it stinks that he's now probably not going to be able to do at least the pitching side for the next 12 plus months right (laughs) (laughs) this is this is such a like Depressing. Get us talk about the NFL or something like that because we've got the NFL season is going to be a fun season. If people haven't yeah. started watching Hard Knocks yet, the New York Jets are going to have a fun season. We have the reigning Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs are going to kick off the season a week from yesterday against the LA Rams. So that'll be a fun game. Anyways, and the NFL is always a fun season because even if your team sucks, and there's definitely a couple teams that have zero chance entering this season. You have a fun quarterback. You have a fun top draft pick. They're NFL season, plus it's only one game a week. So everyone can get interested for three hours in a given week about a team. So the NFL, exciting and fun things to watch because I know on our show sheet you said NFL watch for list. So you must have some fun stuff to watch for. Yeah, um, and it's definitely uh, not the Texans. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Well, I just want to talk about, first of all, we would like to say, unfortunately, the Aaron Rodgers trade did come to fruition. It did. And I still very much stand by my take on Aaron Rodgers and the Jets in that I do not believe in them. I flipped. And I, I think I love it now. 
you secretly, actually not so secretly, loved it too as well. <laughs> like since we've been recording. But I guess in terms of why don't we give our I guess our predictions? Did we do that last time? I don't. We gave. Oh no, because we did at the end of last episode. We did a one prediction for every single sport. We did the you Stanley said, Cup, but you did if if Tom, Tom Brady is coming yeah. back. But we didn't and say anything about which which teams are going to do. By that. the way, Las Vegas Raiders part owner Tom Brady is technically back in the league as a uh, owner at this point. But I don't yeah, think that counts. Jimmy G is having <laughs> flashbacks. He's like, why is Tom Brady never leaving me alone? <laughs> this is Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. On the on the Raiders, for those of you who were unclear. Um, but I would like to talk about Dylan's favorite team, Uh-oh. the Miami Dolphins. Uh-oh. What did we do this time? Well, what are what are your thoughts looking in? Because the Dolphins last season made big strides. We did. But, like I said, the health of Tua. <laughs> yeah. I can never say his last name. Tago Vila. Uh, close, yeah. Yeah. I'm not even going to try it either, but I know you're close. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Is always a question. Think yeah. about how many concussions this man has had. Yeah, it. I'm like, at that point, your brain just can't even recover. Like, think about all the brain cells and neurons that you've just damaged over and over again. Mm-hmm. I, it's a weird question because when he's healthy, he's a top 10 quarterback in the league. It's just... You almost have to pencil in that he's missing three to four games for a concussion or for any other reason. And that's not a great strategy going into the year, although we stole former Jets quarterback Mike White to be a competent backup this year, which is something that the Dolphins have lacked for the past couple years. But unfortunately, the AFC East is the best division in football right now, and that the previous laughing stock, the New York Jets, are obviously now a top five, at least, team in the league. The Bills have Josh Allen and will never be bad. And the Patriots, until the day that Bill Belichick retires, you always have to take them seriously. And even though yeah. like Mac Jones isn't the best quarterback in the league, he's still in a Belichick system with a good offensive coordinator this year that's not named Joe Judge. You, he's, <laughs> I think all four teams, it's tough, because I would say all four teams will finish above 500, but you know that they each play each other twice, so there's almost like a natural one team's going to get beaten up on each other a little bit. So definitely going to be the most competitive league or division. Wouldn't shock me if any of them won the division. I'll say the Jets win the division. I think the Bills come in second, the Dolphins come in third, and the Patriots, unfortunately, slash fortunately for 95% of the world, come in dead last place in that division. But, yeah, should be fun. Aaron Rodgers, Hard Knocks. Check it out if you haven't. I really am starting to, like, initially, I wanted Aaron Rodgers in New York because of the whole, like, putting him in the New York media, and I know we talked about that in the spring. He's doing a really good job. Like, I don't, nobody really expected this. I don't know what happened in that darkness cave for yeah. the four or five days he was in there. That I don't want to He's know. come out, <laughs> he's come out a very revived rejuvenated and different player that like he's somehow fixed Zach Wilson something that most people thought was impossible he's become a clubhouse leader he brought over Randall Cobb and Alan Lazard and paired them with Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson and Quinnen Williams and Sauce Gardner and the New York I'm talking myself in I know we said we'll give our predictions I'm talking myself into a Jet Super Bowl yeah oh you just gave me a 
horrific face on that <laughs> Because I think they are mm-hmm. frauds. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But I do think that there's going to be a team that everyone... Th- if this happens yeah. every year. It doesn't matter what sport it is. It doesn't matter what league it is. Every single year, that's, there's at least one powerhouse team from the previous year that completely flops. You mean the Mets? <laughs> well, Mets, <laughs> Yankees, Cardinals. Uh-huh. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So many to count. If we're talking about NHL, mm-hmm. Penguins, Capitals, yeah. I don't yeah. I don't know if you count them powerhouses, but like they definitely were. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I know they didn't even make the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. So I wanna hear, Dylan, because we need to bring the hot takes because we've been, you know, in our misery for the yeah. past thirty minutes. I need to know first Clearly, you're very high on the Jets. Yes. But you got to pick a team in both the AFC and the NFC mm-hmm. that are going to be flops. Oh. <laughs> One from each conference. All right. I'll say that... And it's going to have to be, like, a shocking one. You can't be, like, the Commanders. <laughs> okay. Although, they might be sneaky good this year, but I will go with the... Uh, in the AFC. Hmm. All right, I'll start with the NFC and... We might get a little slack for this. I think the Giants disappoint purely on the fact that I think they overperformed last year, and this yeah. year they'll regress back to the mean. Yeah, Plus, I agree. That's a semi-difficult division to be in with the Eagles coming off the Super Bowl appearance, and the Cowboys are always going to invest money and sneaky move they acquired Trey Lance last week. Yeah. So that could be an interesting team with Dak and Trey as their quarterbacks. And the Commanders are weird. They're they're not supposed to be good, but. Ron Rivera is one of those top 10 coaches in the league, been around for a while, and knows how to get the best out of his players. So as much as I love Brian Dable's Giants energy, it would not shock me if they finish in last, and I assume a last-place finish here counts as a flop. So I'll go with that. As for the AFC, there's so, there's so many different options to choose. And, like, I'll go – can I hedge my bet and say one of the Ravens or the Bengals? Sure. All right. One of the Ravens or the Bengals misses the playoffs. I think Joe Burrow is one of the top three quarterbacks in the league. Lamar Jackson is a top 10 quarterback in the league. One of them is going to have a down year. There's rumors that Joe Burrow is actually on the Netflix series quarterback. Again, look at me recommending another football <laughs> show. It was great watching Mahomes, Kirk Cousins, and Marcus Mariota on season one. So would definitely check that out as well if you need something to binge to get your football energy back in the spirit. But... Um, I'll say that one of Burrow or Lamar don't make the playoffs this year. Now, now you get to answer the question because you threw it at me. So. I know. Well, <laughs> since you started with the NFC, I'm going to start with the AFC. Okay. This is hard. Yeah. Because I have some bold predictions in terms of who is going to make the playoffs. So why did we start with the negative? <laughs> because we got to end on the positive. True. Um, I'm actually going to say... The Jets disappoint. I am going to say that. I know. But I will pick another one. Okay. And also say that. This is a weird. The Steelers disappoint as well. Okay. I like that. Yeah. I'm going to say that. Especially because. Okay. Like, yes, the Steelers are good. I love Kenny Pickett. Mm -hmm. But, like, offensive coordinator and also. They have a rookie cornerback. So question, though, when you say the Jets disappoint, do you mean, like, Aiden 
like they're gonna win eight games and they're gonna be oh, okay. I think they're still gonna, gonna be like I, no, three wins and no, no, no. They're still gonna be competitive. I guess I was gonna say like, uh, but I'm gonna say that they still make the playoffs. Okay. But they sneak in. Okay. I don't think they're the division winners that everyone thinks that they are. Okay. Um. And right. then NFC. Yeah. Okay. NFC. This one. Everyone is going to be like, Caroline, what? <laughs> I am not an Eagles believer. Foo Philly. <laughs> I am not a believer in the Eagles. I am sorry. I think they are going to make the playoffs once again because you have pieces. Like, you just went to the Super Bowl. You have Jalen Hurts. You locked him up to a bazillion, bajillion years. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am not a believer in the Especially with how they went down against Mahomes. I mean, again, there were a couple of questionable calls. But you cannot blame your entire Super Bowl loss on questionable calls. And... I mean, I always love the downfall of anything Philly. So (laughs) if you're going to tell me that the Eagles are about to collapse and burn this year, then I'm all for it. Plus, that means my Giants prediction doesn't have to come true. So, I mean, I love that. You're just a Giants hater, I guess. I guess, which is weird because I'm a Dolphins fan, so I should be a Jets hater. But Aaron Rodgers has allowed me to see the light through his darkness. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you want positive a little bit though? Do you want to talk yeah. about? We want to just go Super Bowl prediction for now, yeah. just to spice things up. And since I went well, first, well, let's for the last do. One. Well, I want to do teams that we think are gonna make the like surprise teams. You know okay. what I mean? That might be division winners or, like, be surprises. All right. So that since, might sneak since in. Since I went first last time, I think you have to go first. Okay, first great. Time. I was ready for this. Okay. We're starting with – we're going to do AFC for me as well. Okay. I am a firm believer in the Chargers. Okay. I love the Chargers. I love Justin Herbert. Um, I think he's really coming into his own. I think this league is changing. We saw that last season with young quarterbacks stepping up big time. Trevor Lawrence bringing the Jaguars on his back. Um, we're seeing that with Tua. We're seeing teams that have been historically bad, like the Lions, Jaguars, step up. Yeah. And I think the Chargers are going to be sneaky good. I also think you have to watch out for the Titans. Okay. I think these are teams that are small. Well, I don't know if you'd call them smaller market teams, but definitely yes in comparison to like, you yeah. know, like the Chargers are competing against the Rams. Like mm-hmm. They're definitely smaller markets. And I think you better watch out because, like everyone knows, we're bringing back a good underdog story mm-hmm. because we all know how I feel about those. <laughs> and now, in the NFC, who do we think is going to do well? Me or you? Me. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I guess, I don't know. I'll say... Who do I think is going to be a surprise good team? There aren't that many. This is a a bad conference. I think the Packers are going to rally around not having Aaron Rodgers. They're going to be like, okay, the Jets are going to have so much media attention. Aaron Rodgers already is going to be on hard knocks. Like He's already having media outlets follow him around. Everyone has so much hype around the Jets. They're like, Aaron Rodgers is the team's savior i don't know he's really he's just completely reinventing zach wilson and i think this is going to be a rallying cry for the packers and they're going to do better than I, you expect 
I absolutely love that prediction because I think an Aaron Rodgers versus Green Bay Packers Super Bowl. Yeah. Would, the NFL, think about the fans of the Packers. Think about the NFL script writers. We'd have to give them a I standing know. ovation <laughs> if that were to happen. Because yeah. NFL, if you're, if you're rigged, this is what I want to see. I know you're listening to this, so I'm like, in terms of if there's ever a role you play, this is what Dylan and I want to see. <laughs> Green Bay Packers, Green Bay fans versus Aaron Rodgers. I would, I would love to see it. And yeah. now I have to, because that was going to be my pick. So this is the first. Well, you can pick first. that as well. Okay, I'll go with that, and I'll also say I think that one's a hard one. Because I think the NFC North is just better than people. Like Kirk Cousins might be one of the most underrated people in football because everyone yeah. just says he chokes in the playoffs. Yet he went out last year and won like the most games out of anyone in the league, and then unfortunately ran into a good Giants team in round one of the playoffs. But, again, hard yeah. knocks, showed his life, and he's a really good guy and yeah, someone like you want to root for. So um, Vikings I, don't give enough love. They don't, and they're they're constantly winning that division, especially yeah. with the Bears being awful. And oh, my goodness. The Lions are the Lions, even though I'd go to <laughs> war for Dan Campbell, their head coach, who seems like an absolute amazing head coach. But, yeah, give me – Give me the Packers-Vikings duo making it far in the NFC. And then for the AFC, excluding the Jets. You really are not a believer in the Lions. People <laughs> have them. I guess that could also be my pick. Like, I don't uh-huh. really, I don't really believe in the Lions that much either. And it's going to be difficult because if they – the expectations, as you said, are going up this They're year. They're so high. People have them winning <laughs> their division. And if they don't, then, like, in theory, don't you have to think about a coaching change? But Dan Campbell's such a great coach, so that's going to be an interesting dynamic as the year goes on. But as for the AFC, Jets obviously are going to make the Super Bowl. But for a surprising team, give me the dynamic duo of Russell Wilson and Sean Payton teaming up in Denver this year. Those Talk about, if you want to say, other than Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, Who's the most accomplished head coach of the last 10 years? Yeah, you could yeah. argue it's Sean Payton. Yeah. And who's the most successful quarterback of the last 10 to 15 years? Yeah. Russell Wilson's in that conversation, too. So last year did not work. Did not work. Really did not work. Nathaniel no. Hackett just didn't mesh, who, by the way, apparently the rumor is the Broncos just got Nathaniel Hackett for the sole purpose of trying to lure uh, Nathaniel Hackett's best friend, Aaron Rodgers, to be their quarterback last year. Rodgers ended up staying with the <laughs> Green Bay Packers, and so they mm. went up in – had a shotgun marriage with Russell Wilson. So then what do the Jets do this offseason after the Broncos fired Nathaniel Hackett? Well, the Jets hired Nathaniel Hackett. And what do you know? He did end up convincing Aaron Rodgers to come to the Jets. But side tangent aside, let's put Sean Payton and Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos are going to be a surprise contender. Going to be tough to make the playoffs, especially with the Chiefs and the Chargers in that division. But give me a at least seven, maybe eight, and then if you get to nine, you're pushing playoff win season from the Denver Broncos this year, which would be, would be a massive step forward given the atrociousness of last year. Yeah, I mean, you that was, like, Wilson's worst season yeah. of his career, like, by far. And, I like, I'm like, a, I, this is a make-or-break season, but I literally can't see how that would go worse for him, like yeah. how he could go back. So I think <laughs> the only way is up. Yeah. But apparently he's on a short leash, short leash with the Broncos this Interesting. Season. And they do start the season off a little soft with the Raiders, the Commanders, and then they go down to Miami to face the Dolphins. So in theory, you could easily pick up two wins there, if not try to win all three, and then you're off to the races, and now you've built yourself a little cushion to make the playoffs. So. I also very much um, believe in 
Well, to be honest, though, I am a big believer in quarterbacks stepping up to the plate and mm-hmm. sometimes doing better in games where they face tougher opponents. Yeah. Sometimes you have freak losses where you're like, what is going on? Like, why are we? Lo- why did we just lose to the Commanders? Mm-hmm. And then you're like, suddenly this one loss is what's preventing us from getting into the playoffs. But I think Russell Wilson has the experience and the knowledge of a veteran player, and he knows how to get it together. And he is a professional at, like, when you think of professional, I like yeah. Russell Wilson is that. He's definitely taking his training seriously. He knows the stakes that are on the line for him, and yeah. I think he will perform. Absolutely. And he's a veteran. I know there's those weird videos of him saying, like, Mr. Unlimited and all that sort of stuff that he gets mocked for. But he is a good guy. He is a professional. He's been to a Super Bowl. He's been there and done that. And um, now that he probably has the right coach with him, would not shock me if all of a sudden he's back to being the Russ that we knew him in in Seattle. But more NFL talk to go as I will continue to try to hide the MLB from our (laughs) listeners. So seems like we will have a lot of NFL talk yeah. each week, especially if we're doing these Friday recordings and then exactly. we're doing it right around football season. But but we need to know, we need to get um, our Super Bowl predictions. I think that's important. Jets. <laughs> and well, we got to do, let's do the teams and then we'll do um, who's winning. The teams okay. making the Super Bowl appearance and then the team you think that's winning. All right, Jets. And Obviously. Oh, this Jets-Packers thing is... Packers! It, it's really <laughs> enticing. It's really... <laughs> now you've thrown this in my head. A I Jets-Packers. That would be... I mean, you were going to go with the Jets to begin with. So. You know what? All right, as much as I love <laughs> Jets-Packers, and if that happens, I'm taking credit for it, but although technically it was your idea first. But yeah, I, don't think, I don't think you saw them making it all the way to the Super Bowl. I think you said an interesting season for yeah, the Packers. But yeah, if, I threw, no. if I threw Jets-Packers as a Super Bowl. But I'll go Jets versus Vikings. I think Kirk Cousins sheds off the whole. I was going to. That was going <laughs> to. Oh. I think Kirk Cousins finally sheds off the whole. Can't perform in the playoffs. Give me Jets. Give me Vikings. And then, obviously, the Jets are winning the Super Bowl this year. Because one New York team has to win that championship after I threw out that three of them would in the calendar year. You're upset. Yeah, because I was going to pick the Vikings. Uh-huh. Not, I was, okay. Well, I'm, can I, I'm still going to. You can, it's yeah. fine. I just I'm get credit go. for the Packers that make it, though. I'll, all right, I'll switch. I'll go Jets and Packers in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Plain and simple. Aaron Rodgers. You the, went with your heart. The Rodgers Super Bowl curse. The Rodgers. All right, you're up. That is a take. <laughs> you asked for a hot take, and I delivered a flaming hot Cheetos on a plate. <laughs> so true. Um. Ooh, okay. I'm torn between the Bills and the Bengals for AFC. Go with the. I said the Bengals are not going to make the playoffs. So if you want to make this a yeah, I'm going to go. Bengals are going to make the Super Bowl, and they're going to go up against the Vikings. Yep. Look at the Vikings are going six and eleven this year, thanks to us. And I'm going to say Joe Burrow makes it all the way. Thank you. All right. Next. <laughs> With AFC, there's or NFC, just there aren't. Especially if we're thinking the Eagles aren't going to be good this year, there aren't. 49ers are always good. That's always a safe pick, but. 
Yeah, but I also don't like the Niners very much. Okay. Sorry. And then we'll obviously get to more bold NFL predictions as the season goes on, whether some certain quarterback TB12 comes back. But that's a little more complicated <laughs> now that he's an owner. So yeah. we'll see what happens yeah. there. But we do have one more thing on the docket, and that is F1 racing. There's another race, all right? Is that, yes. I'm getting better You're with the lingo. Better. There's another race on the day you guys are actually listening to this on Sunday. But there have been a lot of races over the last couple weeks. So tell us all what's been happening. Well, I first want to talk about how Lewis Hamilton um, just got a contract extension from Mercedes okay. until 2025, which people were shocked. Well, I'm not sure, but people were quite shocked in the sense that there were talks that Hamilton might go to Ferrari, okay. that Mercedes was done with him. Or, sorry, not Mercedes is done with him, that he was done with Mercedes, given how underwhelming his car has performed this season and last season. And um, George Russell is also getting an extension. So there's lots of speculation. It was going to be, like, people were really confused in terms of drivers. Apparently there were talks with Charles Leclerc potentially moving to Mercedes, and Ferrari or and Ferrari wanting to scoop up Hamilton. Um, also, rumors that Leclerc might sign with Red Bull. Lots and lots of swirling rumors. But what has stayed consistent throughout the past couple of weeks is Max Verstappen's <laughs> dominant, dominant racing. And we have had like quite a few races since um, since we last recorded. Mm-hmm. However, every single one. Okay, let's look. Uh (laughs) So, um, he won Monaco May twenty eighth. Yeah. He won Spain, the Spanish Grand Prix, Mm -hmm. June fourth. He won the Canadian Grand Prix, June eighteenth. He won the Austrian Grand Prix, July second. He won the British Grand Prix, (laughs) (laughs) July ninth. He also won the Hungarian Grand Prix. And he won the Belgian and Dutch, and now we're up to Italy. So, yeah. Fun. Yep. Talk about one of the most dominant, like, athletes right now. Yeah. Although, like, it's not even close. Oh, you're, like, you're about to kill me with the question I'm about to ask. Are drivers <laughs> athletes? Like, I assume so, yes, but I'm just like, is, oh the, my is gosh. the lingo, like, are they? Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. But yeah, you could say athletes or just, like, race drivers. Okay. I thought you meant, like, is there training athletic enough no, to be I called didn't. athletes? <laughs> I was like, Dylan, have you seen the, like, I don't know if they're called Gs, but, like, the mm-hmm. force that they put on their necks? Yeah. And they have to, like, train for I mean, granted, it's very different. I would just like to paint a picture. In the driver's standings right now, Max Verstappen is at 339 points. Okay. The next closest is his teammate, Sergio Perez, at 201. And that is a giant difference in the same car. Mm -hmm. Clearly, we can see that Verstappen is just levels and levels above everyone. But I would like to point out, Fernando Alonso needs to be given way more credit. He's currently in third. Tell me about it. At 168 points. And honestly, I think he could get... If Perez... Had, if the Red Bull car wasn't as dominant as it is this season, Perez could or Alonso could definitely finish in second. Mm-hmm. Um, but because Perez just has a better car, like Alonso's racing in an Aston Martin, yeah, and like what he's doing with it is insane, incredible. 
Uh, but I would also like to point out that there have been some changes to the driving grid since we last spoke because McLaren was doing so terribly, so terribly, and now they're doing better. And then also with the entire um, Alpha Terry blow up with Nick DeVries um, getting sacked and then replaced with Daniel Ricciardo. He was treated so poorly. Like, they just replaced him immediately. And now Daniel Ricciardo broke his hand and is getting hand surgery. So they had to call up, um, I believe it is Liam Lawson. But basically, there was just the treatment of drivers is ruthless, especially among these teams that are in the ball at the bottom of the path. Mm-hmm. But there's also been rumors of Alex Albon perhaps signing with a big team. So there's I'm excited to see what the driver movement will be at the end of the season. But everyone knows who's going to be crowned the winner. There's no like it's you're not even fighting for. First yeah. or second place at this point. It's literally third. Like, who's trying to get on the podium? I wonder, it's almost like someone on this show predicted that Fernando Alonso would be, like, a really solid racer the rest of the year. I wonder, yeah. I wonder what very knowledgeable <laughs> F1 analyst predicted that to occur. Wow. Um, to Dylan. Absolutely. Who also says, I, I, who also says, what about, what games are coming up What for games? F1? They're all games. It's all fun and games here. But. And then he's like, what about on, on the field? And they go around the field, and I was like, uh, you mean the Home circuit? Home field advantage. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> I will, this year, now that I have a full year, because last year we kind of like, thrust into this thing i had like six weeks to learn f1 now that i have six months to learn about f1 i i think i can do it this year i will become a little bit more knowledgeable i will watch a couple oh how long are they like two hours or you're about to tell me like six hours no races. no they're like two hours okay i can i can if i can handle a two-hour baseball game watching the mets lose miserably every single <laughs> night i can i can sacrifice a mets night to watch an f1 race so Plus, all right, it's Labor Day. We have off on Monday. If you can figure out what streaming service we can watch the F1 you can watch on ESPN. Well, we don't have cable here at Georgetown. Thanks, Georgetown. No, but I think ESPN. Um, I don't know if I can bash Georgetown on our on our radio station. <laughs> um, I think ESPN Plus does. Okay, so this Sunday, wait, what time is it in? Because if you're about to tell me there's like a 4 a.m. race. No. I'm covering all my boundaries before I make this okay. proclamation that I'm about to... It's at 9. A.M. or P.M.? A.M. At Monza. It's the Italian Grand Prix. It's Ita- all right. I will make the proclamation that Sunday morning you can at watch, 9 a.m. You know, I will be... An hour. I will be watching I won't even the watch F1 the race okay, this weekend. He'll tune in. Or you could just watch the recap. Well, that's no fun. <laughs> yeah. I mean, half the time it's just like drivers going around overtaking but the beginning is normally fun all right so i will i will commit to that that i will actually watch some f1 this weekend and that's that but yeah yeah, it was great to be back i know maybe we need to throw in some more messy content clearly dylan does not give the goat (laughs) (laughs) enough credit he was about to say shohei otani is the best athlete in a North American sports track. or not the best athlete I don't know they're like uh, <laughs> what did you say like I the mean, most in, recognizable in theory there have been soccer players that have done what Messi have done there is no no, no but you said North American sports oh, 
But okay, but where I no 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 Messi is one just like years in North American sports. Messi athlete. is literally like galaxies away from all of the all everyone. Everyone. True. Yeah. I guess we gotta give him some. I'll love. come up with my Shohei Otani essay, although I really yeah, don't I like Otani. But, yeah, I know. Um, Aaron you don't like Otani? I don't like the contract he's about to get. But the, how does that have anything to do with his character? Oh, he's a great guy. Don't, the, I don't. <laughs> all right, I don't want this ending on a Dylan hates Shohei Otani. <laughs> because just, that would be that's gonna get literally clip that, and I'm like, <laughs> wow. I don't like the contract he's about to get. Okay, but, great. Because I, I wouldn't want to be the team that spends. Five hundred, six hundred million dollars on a glorified DH when he can't pitch oh, after his third okay. Tommy John surgery. And we are ending the podcast now. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Go everyone. <laughs> Go Packers. We're um, closing out this episode. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and we will be back next week, better than ever, with NFL content and, of course, our hot predictions. Absolutely. So for Dylan and Caroline, until the next time, the turf is burned.